Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roll for Enterprise. Uh, as Dominic would say, the squishy heart at the center of IT. I always get that wrong, Zach. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. I'm doing well. Yes, uh, Dominic is somewhere, right? Where is he? In the Alps again this week? I, or? You, you know, I think we've lost Dominic. I mean, he's on like vacation for, it's, it feels like two months now. So I, I don't know. I think he's either at some beach, mountain biking, but I'm pretty sure he's still in Europe. He has not left the European uh, Union. So let's, you know, hopefully he's back next week. I, I don't know, but we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll bet on that. There'll, there'll be an over-under, so we'll, we'll see and how Lilac, that goes. And Lilac, she's pre-gaming, right? She's pre-gaming for vacation, so Lilac's on vacation next week. We'll uh, we'll miss her next week as well. But, uh, yeah, she's uh, pre-gaming, getting ready for a vacation, well-deserved. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it, all, uh, how it all goes when we're finally back together. But it's nice to have you back here, uh, Zach, after your uh, Greek adventures. Yeah, I'm back. I tell you, I had a, had a you know, uh, interesting trip, and, uh, you know, I really like Greece enough. Of course, I have family there enough to maybe... Uh, I could live there. I could see myself living there, Mike. It's a it's, it's a good time there. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm back and I'm I'm ready to sit back in the saddle here and talk through some uh, what's going on in the news here. So uh, what what do we have? What do you want to kick it off with? You, you know, I think uh, this has been semi week. I mean, there's been a lot of news on the semiconductor front. We're we're still going through um, a, a shortage. Uh, you know, supply chain issues around semis. Uh, people can't get PCs, can't get servers, can't get anything. Uh, and Intel, Intel uh, tried to buy Global Foundries, and Global Foundries decided, you know, they're going to IPO and go public. Uh, but their CEO, their new CEO, I mean, he's put in a pretty decent strategy, and he, you know, his comment is, you know, we are a willing buyer, and he sees a consolidation in semis. So uh, that's quite interesting. I mean, what's your what's your thought on this? Well, I, I'm going to take a different spin. Yeah, this this is interesting. You know, it's you know. Five, 10 years ago, this would have just impacted IT, maybe some servers, you know, issues getting a few things. But now this whole world is revolving around chips. And, you know, everybody, we talked about it before, right? IT is everywhere, right? IT is, uh, everybody's a technology company from Walmart all the way down to the to Microsoft's of the world. And so I think now we're feeling these effects um, more so than ever. Um, you know, as far as Pat Elsinger, what an amazing job. I mean, we saw this at VMware, all those acquisitions. Um, He's stitching it together and he's, he's doing a good job of that, but uh, it's not going to be an easy road for him. I mean, he doesn't just get out of it this quick, and I think he knows that. And these acquisitions, you know, they take a year to two years to really integrate into the company. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a good strategy, but it doesn't help us near term and it doesn't help him near term. Um, you know, uh, I thought Mobileye was a good acquisition, by the way, a couple of years ago before him. But yeah, so Mike, I. I don't know what. Where do we go from here? I, great, sounds good. You know, you, you're looking to make some acquisitions, maybe buy some startups. But does it solve this problem, Mike? And it doesn't. Does it solve the problem of all these organizations that are suffering from it? Because everybody, everybody's using chips now, right? So, what do you think? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I think we see his problem from our side differently than he sees his problem, right? I mean, look, at the end of the day, they're they're trying to make money and they're going to continue to make money. So how they do it. And he, he's, he's getting great reviews for how he's kind of turned around uh, Intel and the, strat- he, the tr- strategy he's put in place already. But I don't know that they, I mean, look, everybody sees it's, it's Intel and Taiwan Semi, right? Those are the two big names. Uh, Taiwan Semi now going after two nanometer technology. Uh, and Intel's trying to get what five rights? They're, they're at seven, trying to get five right. So you might think, all right, they have a long way to go. It's going to be a long haul. But but how many people are really buying like five and, and two nanometer? I mean, l- let's look at these companies that can't ship product. You know, autos. You know, they can't get semi because they they can't ship cars. I mean, do they really need the the newest tech? 
So I think if you look at it, then, you know, what's Intel trying to do? I mean, they, they just want capacity to build. I mean, once they figure out five, then you could redo all your, your lines. But I think now the, the war is around capacity. Um, you know, Intel announced, what, $5 billion uh, to build some fabs in the U.S., Taiwan Semi, $20 billion. Uh, so they're looking at that, but I guess uh, what what uh, what Intel is looking at is let's you know acquire more capacity, and I think that's absolutely the right way to go. I mean, I, I don't know how you see it, but I don't think that the newest and best is uh, is what's really necessary in this in this world of shortages right now. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's a global issue. I, you know, as far as the two nanometer, you're right. We don't we don't need it, but there's this race going on, right? This is a new battlefront. It's not you know gunpowder and and guns, right? Among these, uh, not to get into politics, right? But among the geopolitical scene, and so I think people are racing racing to these two nanometers, for, like you said, right? For probably um, it doesn't help us right now. A lot of these organizations don't need that. I mean, every company from technology companies on, I mean, they're. I mean, companies are trying to buy data center equipment and they're told it's, you know, nine, 12 months out, 14 months out. Um, but Oh, we uh, have companies that won't even quote us servers, by the way. So what, let me ask you, what is this a push to cloud? I mean, I mean, I'm, I need they need to scale I, as well. I you know, I, I, I've said it before. I think the winner in all this is cloud. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, if you can't, if a company won't even commit to a delivery time for, for servers or storage or or what you need in backup, it's just going to put fuel on the on the cloud bandwagon. And you know, the other thing that you look at is like, how are they getting their chips? I mean, they, they obviously have the buying power to get it where manufacturers probably don't. So if you look at where most of it is going, it's probably going into to the cloud provider. So they're still king of the hill, eh? Yeah, they are. But let me ask, so that's one side of the coin. The other side is we talk about these automobiles, right? There's no cloud option there. The option is, hey, we either get these chips or they sit in a parking yeah. lot. Vehicle. Yeah. So that to me is the real problem. I think tech, I think IT organizations can, if they want, they can work around this for the most part, uh, in in my opinion. And uh, you know, I, you know, uh, servers, things like that. Yeah, I think you can leverage a cloud. You can find solutions there. You have virtualization. You can find ways to do things. You know, um, you might build an inefficient solution, but at the end of the day, you can build a solution, could get it working, and who knows, maybe it'll stay like that long term. But automobiles, I mean, these chips that go in appliances, I mean, there's appliance delays out there that are nine, 10 months out. Air conditioners, if anybody's listening that, you know, they, they're building a house or they're renovating, I'm going through that, and you want to buy a high-end AC unit, good luck. If it's trained American Standard, one of the high, you're not going to find one. It's, there's literally, I called, and I think there was a dozen of a high-end model in the entire country. So uh, the split units are now feeling, are feeling the effects of that, uh, and it's in Europe, it's everywhere. So that's what I'm thinking is, is how does that get resolved, right? And this, and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. I, I, I think this thing only heats up. That's you know, and I, I, I want to call bullshit on everybody saying that this is COVID related. Like, there's no way this is COVID related. This is demand, and we haven't been able to increase due to demand. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's not a standard chip that people buy. It, it's not like a, a standard Intel, like i5 that people are buying. People are buying customized uh, processors now which means that there's a lot of like smart people in all these companies designing and then going to these vendors and asking them to build it. And some of these vendors can. And I think that's where uh, Intel is, is aiming for to be the, um, the custom design chip maker of, you know, what everybody's using TSMC for now. So yeah, let, let's see how that works out. You, you know, the other crazy thing is I, I heard Ford has built like thousands of, of F-150s, number one selling car in, in or car truck, whatever. 
number one selling automobile in the US. They've built thousands and have them in a lot because they can't get the control units for them. And they're just waiting for control units so they could pop them in and send them to dealers. It's driving the secondhand market and it's going to happen everywhere, right? So you need to hang on to your to your old stuff because it might become gold real fast. There are a lot of people with newer vehicles that need to be repaired. They need, you know, uh, chips replaced, you know, boards replaced. And I know a couple, I know one, my, one of my neighbors and they can't, they can't get the part. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's all, and you know, you're right. I agree. It's not COVID COVID maybe indirectly people are at home, they had some extra money. They, you know, they want to re you know, update their kitchens or whatever, and they're buying appliances or whatever they're doing, but that's an indirect effect. You're right, Mike, it is supply and demand and, and it is not COVID related. I, it's complete bullshit. And, um, well, where do we go from here? I don't know. But Pat Elsinger, one thing is uncertain in my mind. I think he is the right man to go back home to Intel because at least now they're taking it a little more seriously. You feel like they kind of lost their way a little bit. I thought Mobileye was a great acquisition a few years ago, but, you know, where, where's that really gone, right? Um, I guess they're done some good things with it. But I, I feel like, you know, outside of that, I haven't seen much out of them. So I, I think we'll see. His strategy will... He'll buy, he'll buy some, and there's a lot of startups, Mike, right? There's a lot of startups in this field too. So we'll see what happens. And that also makes you raise an eyebrow to NVIDIA and ARM because, you know, he's over there at Intel doing his thing. And now, you know, everything yeah. we're talking about, ARM's got a place there too. So what, you know? Yeah. So NVIDIA is, uh, NVIDIA is the next topic I wanted to discuss. I mean, look, they announced their, uh, their second quarter uh, earnings. Um, I mean, just incredible numbers. Um, I mean, revenue bounce of 68% from last year, you know, so, okay, they're making it. They're, um, the, the shocking part, and honestly, I don't even think it's, it's shocking is, um, their, their GPUs for, for crypto have not been selling as well, but who cares? I mean, your revenue has gone up that much, you know, you're doing something right. Um, so there's a lot of things that NVIDIA is doing right. And, you know, I, I think NVIDIA, you know, they're, they're the next Intel. And I, I think they're, they're somewhat ahead of Intel in some ways, in some ways not. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they continue to grow. Well, I mean, we've said it a long time. Everybody, a lot of people have said this, but GPUs are the new CPUs. And so, you know, yeah, they've, they're far ahead. You know, it makes me wonder about Google. I mean, they have their TPUs, but it seems like Google can get out of their own way. I mean, you know, they, they also have some solutions here that are focused specifically. We've talked about this, right? GPUs are more money because they, they serve two purposes. A lot of people leverage them for displays. And then also, you know, cycling power, right? So there's there's two different use cases. But the problem with that display aspect is that the price is a little bit more, whereas Google has their TPUs, which are, you know, uh, more cost effective, but they're focused solely on, you know, tensor processing and things like that, TensorFlow. So anyways, I say that to say that, yeah, you're right. I mean, they are kind of the new Intel, um, although, um, you know, I bring up Google because they, they kind of have a place in this, but nobody talks about them, right? So I don't know what Google's doing. I have no you, idea. You know, let, let, let's be honest. I, I think the, the thing about Google is they have, um, I mean, people are worried to deal with Google. I mean, they, they don't, it's not that they have a bad reputation, but they're always out for your data, right? So you never know Google's true intentions. And they have screwed over multiple companies. You know, you look how like YouTube stole revenue from people, how they kind of cornered that market. You look at what they've done in search and advertising and this and that. And it's always ended with a lot of people ticked off at them. And I think now that that's coming home to roost. So no one wants to play play ball with them, right? And, you know, I think if you, if you 
think AI. Yeah, sure. You might think Google, they're ahead, you know, DeepMind, all this. But NVIDIA is the other one, right? So NVIDIA, 8,500 AI startups that they've put money into and they're tracking, 60 billion in funding. You know, those are all going to use their processors. So if you think, okay, where is this going? Like long game and everything's heading towards AI. Yeah, NVIDIA has their their eye set on the, the long ball play, right? Um, yeah, sure. Google's ahead, but yeah, I think it's a it's a trust issue. the The company is almost like tainted. You know, that's the, that's the real issue. Yeah, um, I'll put a link in here. But yeah, Nvidia's uh, there's an article in the Economist from a couple weeks ago on you know their huge bet on AI chips and if it'll pay off. But they're yeah, basically what they're saying is, I mean, they're ahead of their rivals. I mean, they're just always a step ahead, and that's what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to be those that are a step ahead and those that aren't, and that's who's going to survive and who isn't. Look at we talk about Microsoft; they're a step ahead of everybody. They always are, always have been. I think they always will be. Um, you know, and you're right about Google with the data and everything, but it just feels like, Mike, there's something else missing because even two, three years ago, I mean, they do all this hiring and I'm just going to go out there and say it. If I catch flack, that's okay. But there's this arrogance about it. I think they focus too much on their arrogance and, oh, our hiring process is going to take forever. And we're going to get the exact people that we need and we're this and we're that. I don't know. Is that really is that really feasible now? You got a tight labor market and that. I know I'm taking this in a different direction, but I, I have to say this. I'd be remiss is that I think I'm tired of like the whole, yeah, I work at Google. You know how hard it is to get a job here? I don't know. Well, maybe that's the problem. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you doubt, you're not marketing, right? I mean, I, I can go on LinkedIn. I look at some of these things and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like what problem are you trying to solve? What's going on, Google? So I, I don't know. I think Google's have had, they've had problems for several years now, four or five years now. I, I don't, and I don't think they know what they're trying to do. Um, they're a data company, sure, but what are they really trying to do? I mean, they sell them phones. Are they solving you know, machine you know, learning? I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know that these companies that we think are attractive to employees are really attractive. I mean, if you look at, you know, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, I guess. Yeah. You know, the and Google, they're, they're facing a lot of like breakup pressure. And I mean, you end up at a Google. You don't know how they're going to break this thing up if they do. I mean, so, you know it makes sense to spin out YouTube. Okay. So if you go work at YouTube, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty secure. Everything else. I mean, holy hell, how do you know where the cards are going to fall? You know, and Amazon, okay. You know, we, we, we think like AWS will spin out and, and that makes sense. And everybody's been predicting that for a long time, including us. And yeah, it'll eventually happen. Sure. You know, you look at Facebook. Okay. There's a bunch of different brands in there. You go work for a brand and that brand will spin out, but Google, I mean, it's, it's kind of this twisted web and, to break them up, it could really hurt the business. So does somebody really want to go work there? I'm, I'm not so convinced on uh, on the Google front, to be honest. So, yeah, they're they're the ones that have a bit of a murky way to go because they've intertwined everything. I mean, it's just so confusing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, I, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, every company's a technology company. I, you know, three four years ago, I'd say, look, I definitely need to work for a tech company. They're tech focused. But now I. I think I'm open to, you know, there's so many options out there and that, um, yeah, no longer is, you know, me personally, I, you know, Amazon, you know, might sound attractive, but I, I mean, there's, to me, there's other things out there that I think will challenge you a lot more than some of these. I, I shouldn't say it doesn't challenge you. That's wrong. I, I think there's technology everywhere and there's more options for these employees. 
And these larger, you know, Web 2.0s like the Amazons and the Googles, they they need to recruit people a little bit differently, I think. I, I, think, I, I think if you want to go into a job where there's more breadth of choice and you're seeing more, you don't want to go into a really defined job. And I think the big, you know, the, the big tech players are going to put you in a well-defined space. They're going to box you yeah. in. And that's a bit like I, I think a lot of people don't want to do that uh, unless you're solely out for, for money, stock and, and options. Right. So uh, it's a bit different to how people people see all this thing. Exactly. You know, the, the other thing, Zach, that we haven't brought up, just, just going back to the NVIDIA way, is like this ARM acquisition, oh. I, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think there's so much there, there's so much anti-competitive uh, focus there, especially coming out of the UK where, where ARM is based. That I, I don't think, like, NVIDIA is saying that, okay, you know, it's going to be more like 18 months for this deal, but I, I think there's so much, um, yeah, focus on this and so many people complaining about it that it ain't going to happen. ARM will continue to be independent is, is what I believe now. I agree. And it has to be independent. I mean, ARM is everywhere. And, and you know, for listeners that are aware of this, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's an architecture that is licensed, right? So anybody can grab it and, and do whatever they need to. And to have NVIDIA grab that, I mean, let's be honest, they're going to they're gonna wall it off. It'll be a walled garden. We know that. I mean, it's there's no secret. It's just what they do. It's their history. I think it, it and... I think they will stymie innovation a little bit. So I think, I personally think it should not go through and they should remain the way they are. And um, yeah, I, 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 I hope that's what happens. And you're right. I, I do think that's what will happen. But but again, kudos for NVIDIA when SoftBank offered it up to go after it as, as aggressive as they did. Again, these are the companies that survive. Microsoft, yeah. NVIDIA, those that are willing to take those chances. Now, not even a chance. I mean, it's not like taking... Buying ARM is taking a chance, but SoftBank was about giving it away almost. I mean, the price is ludicrous if you look at valuations now. So again, Microsoft, NVIDIA, these companies are going to survive because they're going out there and they're aggressive. I see so many of these big companies and they buy these little onesie twosies and, you know, they oh, buy this company for $100 million, this company for $200 they're, they're million. They're not willing to take the big bets. And it gets them nowhere. Yeah, it gets yeah. them nowhere. You look at NVIDIA, they go after ARM. You look at Mike, Microsoft does that, but it gets them somewhere. But again, I, I think... I know you agree they're on a different playing, like they're just on a different level, Microsoft. But I look at these other companies and I'm like, what are you doing? Go big or go home. Now's the time. And and Pat Elsinger is going big too. Let's be honest. I mean, Global Foundries, he's going big. He understands this. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's what makes NVIDIA great. No, I don't think it'll go through either. But wow, I mean, they what a vision, right? What a vision to go after them. And think about it, Mike. When they put it on the market, yeah, there was a few companies looking, but everybody should have jumped up and said, I, wait, I, I can't. I want yeah. to buy it for that price. Yeah. Count me in, but not everybody did that. You know, I think if it went on the market today, everybody oh. would jump on it, right? Oh. But like, did imagine? Nvidia see? Did, did Nvidia see all this coming? I mean, were they really like so ahead that they saw all this coming and everything kind of converging here? I mean, I'm going to say yes, and I'll tell you right now: if you have a startup and you want to go after leadership, uh, you have leadership positions that you want to fill, or you want to, you know, you're in stealth and you're looking for leaders, go to Microsoft. Go to NVIDIA, go to these companies and go to their senior and raid their board. If you can raid that senior leadership, because that you and I talk about this, this is what separates people. Look at Satya over at Microsoft. Uh, those guys see three years down the road, they buy companies. And next thing you know, they're like, yeah, we're managing 5G for AT&T inside our network. I mean, you know, it's just crazy. But they they buy these little companies here and there. And so I say, and you know, Mike, that's what separates you know, there's innovators, there's there's true thought leaders, and then there's people that are just, and they're very few, right? They're the ones that say there's a wave coming, nobody sees it, they're laughing, and then someone kind of sees a glimmer and a few more people get in the water, and then there's really a wave and everybody jumps in. 
So I do think they've seen it. I think it's, you know, I don't know the leadership board outside of the CEO, of course, and the earnings calls and all that. But I think anybody on VP level up at NVIDIA. Yeah, they got it. And yeah, like, like they'll go it. after them. <laughs> you know, I, I say it all the time. Like people can put some great strategy on paper, say everything they're going to do. But you know what makes a difference between a, a good and a great company is is execution. And and I think these companies have been able to execute. Now, if you go back to to Intel, I mean, you know, they've put strategy now on paper. Now they need to execute, you know, and and now, you know, papers, you know, pen's going to hit paper and let's see, it. can they make it happen? Right. Um, and, and you've seen a, a bunch of changes, right? So, so they're, they realize they maybe people are not there that can make it happen. So they're going to make it happen. Right. Um, and, and that's clear. So the, these companies are really built for it, you know? So, yeah, and I think Pat has probably a year where he can't touch a lot of the leadership at VMware. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see in about <laughs> yeah. 10 months what starts happening, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. and you know what I think of VMware. I think they're they're kind of, um, yeah, shifting towards legacy, you know. The, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's leave that for another day. So then the, the, other, uh, the other story this week, um, Zach, and... Um, is Microsoft, you know, they've built this, this awesome Office 365, or now they're calling it Microsoft 365, like subscription model. Everybody's complaining that as they add things, they got to move up to, to E1, E2, E3, E4, E5 licensing. Uh, eventually, there'll be probably an E20. Uh, and they just said for the first time since 2011, I think they're going to increase or 29 or 2011, they're going to increase the price of this. It's like, all right, we have our cash machine now we're about to turn on the spigot. And here it comes, you know. So, um, you know, hats off to them because they've built a drug that everybody's kind of addicted to. Um, it is the best kind of business suite out there in the market. Uh, and I know I've just offended everybody using Google. Uh, but let's face it. I mean, Google is terrible at this. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, Microsoft's going to keep growing. And what they keep adding is just, it's insane. It's insane. And no, zero pressures about breakup or about monopoly or about anything like that i mean they are just plowing ahead you know and really in a really thoughtful way to to businesses and think about what you said zero pressure everybody was in dc last year last fall not microsoft they're sitting at home almost the second largest market cap and they will pass apple uh trillion dollar market cap sitting at home antitrust not us we're sitting at home just doing our thing and what's interesting about microsoft is you know we talk about 365 and Google's not even a player. I mean, how many companies are in this position? You, you know, Salesforce could say, we're, and they, I'm sure they are, we raise our prices. We're going to raise our licensing and change our licensing model. Well, you can go to Workday and there's several, several options out there, right? I mean, even Microsoft has an alternative and there's all these other options. But with Microsoft, where do you go? And again, they were not in DC for the antitrust. Where do you go? Where, yeah, where you go? I, it's just amazing. You know, and I, I hate to say this, but you know, one of the things that keeps them out of the spotlight is they don't have that hardware market, eh? I mean, yeah, they tried to go into PCs and laptops with um, Surface Books, and they're terrible, to be honest. But Apple has probably helped them more than they realize because, you know, there's like everybody walks around with a MacBook. Like MacBook is the laptop choice for everybody. Uh, Dell may, may disagree and probably sells more, okay, but they're on the business end. But it People buying personal are probably buying Macs, and that's probably helping Microsoft more than they realize, right? Now, they might turn that around with the next release of Windows and, and so on and so forth, but I, I think that's a long way to go. So hats off to Apple for taking that, but I think that's really kind of helped Microsoft, and it's so insignificant to them, right? Because you're still going to use all those Microsoft tools on your on your MacBook. I mean, that's what it comes down to. 
Oh, that's an interesting perspective. Very interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm pausing for a minute because I'm I'm thinking through what you're saying. You're right. Yeah. They look. I, I deal with the enterprise every day. I mean, we are a we are a dull shop. But I, I'm telling you, if I were to offer business users the opportunity to get a Mac or MacBook, I guarantee at least forty percent of them would switch in a, in a heartbeat from from their Windows OS to to a Mac. Not realizing that okay, some things are going to be more difficult, but I guarantee you that they would take that up. Right. The security guys would be like in a panic, running around you know, hair burning and uh, trying to figure out <laughs> all the new attack vectors. But yeah, I think that's, uh, that's the case uh, of it. I mean, what an, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm sitting there thinking through this, Mike. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they're just focused. And yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, I oh. think nothing stops the tool sets that Microsoft is building on the business. I think, you know, we haven't spoken a lot about no code, but um, they've really kind of um, started to unlock no code. Uh, I see more and more people talking about Power Platform, and now they've added some some RPA. So these other companies, you know, the UiPaths and, and Blue Prisms, I, I think they're going to have some issues because Microsoft's building that into the core. Um, so I think you know from if you think of like your basic business user, I, I think Microsoft really has captured them, understands them more than anybody and, and is just giving them fuel to do their business a, a little better. So you're going to start seeing, and, and I, I still think the data they have on people is just amazing because they know like, they know how your calendar is, how you start your day, how you work, how many emails you do or using power platform, you're doing this, then you tie in LinkedIn and they know like, Okay, your professional side, who you're talking to, who you're doing this. I think they have a set of tools that they really have a much better graph of the business user than anybody else. So, you know, Facebook has this kind of social graph, and but I think Microsoft has a business graph that, you know, is better. So I think from a recruitment side, I mean, they could tell you probably who the best managers in the U.S. are, who the best executives are, who's the best at this job, at that job. And I, I think they really understand it and get it, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then I, I think the other thing that you just brought up is it's the business, right? They have the business info. Well, sure, Facebook might have the social, but they have the business. Yeah, they, they totally have the business. I mean, um, yeah, everybody kind of uses Microsoft. It, it still baffles me that people use kind of Google Workplace and and believe that is. I, I think eventually you grow up and and um, and, and get to uh, the Microsoft level. Um, yeah, and, and then I think they have some some competitors in in places or in, in silos. Uh, but even those competitors, they're consolidating, and I think those the consolidations happening in those other places are worrying them. Uh, look no further than Slack and Salesforce, right? So, yeah, yeah. Microsoft continues to win. Uh, this is a discussion we need to continue because Microsoft is uh, you know they come up often and. We often lose sight of them. Here we are again, you know, I mean, everybody's going after all the social media platforms, all the info and all the data. And here's Microsoft. They have data may not be your, your, your personal data, but it's, it's business data. And maybe that's what's helping them fuel part of their, their growth, right. And their acquisitions, but man, they're again, out executing. So do you think the price increase is because they see it growing less stack? No, I think honestly, it's inflation. Uh, we see it across hardware vendors and everyone else. I think everything's more expensive. I mean, you know, B of A's, you know, looking to pay twenty five dollars an hour to tellers for crying out loud. You know, I just think we're, 
I think it's more of an inflationary thing is what I believe, Mike. I think it's just, you know, and I've said this to uh, some people. I mean, there's some of these companies that are more focused on buying back stock and, and not taking care of their employees in this tight labor market are crazy. And and the days of, uh, you know, uh, these two and three percent pay raises or no pay raises are over. People, I think everybody across the board is going to make more. I, I just really believe it's an inflationary period. What do you think? I, I you know, um it's interesting you say that because I've seen a lot of people online start to put up charts saying like, hey, if inflation is at five or six percent and you're getting a two or three percent increase, you're actually losing money. And I think as uh, as the vol- as the steam rolls on this story, you know, I, I think some companies are really going to have a hard time adjusting salaries. Yes. And, and I think this is why there's going to be this rotation of talent happening I mean, you'll see people get promoted in companies because that's the easiest way to to fix the salary issue. And then the other thing is you're going to see rotation. People move out, people move in. I think there's, and there's a labor shortage, right? There are more people looking for jobs than there are people looking for jobs. So you got to realize at some point that's going to come out. And, you know, these people looking for jobs, I think companies are starting to wonder and think like, are they attracted to me? Why are they not attracted to me? How do I get them attracted to me? Um, and, and that's, um, and, and that's a bit tough. I think the other good thing that's happened here and maybe people aren't realizing is job location doesn't matter as much today as it did before March, 2020 or February, 2020. And I think that will change things significantly, but I think there's still something to be said about coming to an office, working with people, understanding the, the pains and tribulations that people are going through in projects and personal life so that you have empathy. And I think that's being lost in some places. There, there, there's a balance that has to be reworked here. And we're going to make a lot of mistakes in the next decade to fix all this. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, last comment on this is that it, they should take advantage of it. Forget these companies. If you're not giving employees raises, you're not letting them keep up with inflation. You're not giving them opportunity to make more money to keep up. Then, that, then, you know, look, I mean, people should look. They should go find another opportunity and, and make money. That's what it's about. You know, the companies are buying back stock. They're making their money. No, I, I think they need to pay these employees across the board and, and stop playing games. So I think it's um, – and I don't think it's going to end soon, Mike. Everybody says, oh, it's just temporary. I think – I don't think so. I no. think it's just two, three years easy in the making this work, this uh, – uh, yeah, I, I think it's a decade shift. I, I think we can look at this in, in 2030 and say, okay, this is what, what's happened and yeah. and this is how we're going to correct it. So it's, uh, you know, we're heading into a different world. Let's see how it all uh, how it all p- pans out here. So, yeah. Well, what a great discussion. We got some follow-up items. Yep, yep, yep. So hopefully, um, yeah, we'll wrap here, Zach, if, uh, if that's okay. Um, hopefully next week we'll have uh, at least one back. I think Dominic should be back next week. Uh, ready to rock and roll. He'll be fully charged. Um, so our MC will be back. Um, thanks, Zach, uh, for holding the ship this week. Um, the music you're hearing right now is uh, by our friend uh, Renato Podesta. Um, again, you can find us on the socials on Twitter at Roll Number Four Enterprise and our LinkedIn page, Roll for Enterprise Podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, and talk to you again next week. Yeah, thanks, everyone. See you next week.